Let's put Hey! You know what Sam just said? He just said, I'm so depressed now. <laughs> this is not real. You're just doing that to, to make people happy. Going, hey! Yeah, I know, it's all fake. <laughs> oh, man. At least I get to laugh at you. That's always fun for me. Yep. We have enough light in here. Not really. Uh-oh. Went off camera again. Oh, yeah, I have to do that. I went closer to the camera. Yeah, that's a little to. better. That's a little better. I'm still pretty dark. Not people will be able to see us. I can't do anything about that. Uh, so, this coming Sunday, Sam, should, should we just launch right in? Sure. <laughs> we can talk about how depressed you are no. later on. I've been depressed at times. Today's not one of those days. No, that's okay. The next four weeks in the Catholic Church, we focus on what's called Advent, meaning that Jesus is coming to earth, coming to be with us. And um, I thought of this, this whole idea that, which we'll find in the reading that we're looking at this week and the next few weeks, of how his coming is, his arrival is sudden and unexpected. So came up with the theme of the unexpected guest. The next four weeks, the unexpected guest is our theme on Thursday Night Appetizer. And, um, yeah, I think it's, we were, you know, we were just talking about uh, family life, business, work, money, uh, what happens when you get really old and you have to perhaps be in long-term care, which some people end up where I work. Um, so kind of depressing stuff, right? And I think this might tie in in a way because what I was thinking about is how easy it is to think that the way things are is the way they're going to keep going. So if things are going well, you just you might just think oh, things are just going to keep going well. If things are going badly, you might just think things are just going to keep going badly. Um, but the reality is that our predictions are not guarantees. I mean, we have to think, plan, make decisions, act, change our minds, whatever. But our predictions are not guarantees. The combined wisdom of the smartest people on the earth and all the information and all the computers still don't give us certainty. Try as we might, our knowledge of the future is limited and insufficient. And one of the most far-reaching questions we could ask, you could ask about your own life. I could ask poor Sam about his life. The poor guy, just like laying back with his eyes closed. I'm this listening. Is, he's listening, because but he's this is a sad day, perhaps. We'll I'm see. Taking in the wisdom. All the of the wisdom. backgrounder. There you go. Question could come to mind. Look at look at poor Sam there and say, like, where's this all going to end? Right. Where is it going to end? Yeah. Um, but I was even thinking, like, think about this in terms of the whole universe and every creature in the universe. Science attempts to give us answers, but they can only take us so far. And the really big question is, what's the point of the whole thing? What's the point of it all for your individual life or Sam's individual life, my life? and the whole universe. What's the point of it all? The Bible proclaims, this is in Ephesians chapter 1, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, Jesus will gather together in one thing, in one, all things, in himself, both which are in earth and which are in heaven. All things will be gathered to Jesus. And Jesus himself says, which we'll hear today, you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Because he's Lord of all times and places, he can decide when that day will be. 
And Jesus compares his return to the suddenness of the flood coming, which you hear about really early on in the Bible. All those who had not listened to Noah's warning were caught unawares. And Jesus talks about how in the midst of ordinary life, working at our usual routine, suddenly he will gather us up. And he even uses the image, which is a strange one, of a thief coming when everyone is asleep to break in and steal. That's how sudden his coming will be, like the flood, like two people, people working and all of a sudden one of them's gone, like a thief coming in the, in the middle of the night. And so Jesus is warning us, stay awake. This means we need to prepare for whatever may come, how? By continuing to do God's will as best we can. And how can we possibly prepare? Well, the answer is basically, turn your heart and mind to God's priorities, not to your own. That's actually really hard to do, but extremely important. And if you're following Jesus, just keep trying to follow him. So I don't know how you feel when you think about the end of the world. It might seem like a shocking thing to think about. The world's going to end. Our personal worlds are going to end. But when we live as Jesus called us to, we are ready. Jesus truly is the Lord. He comes when he chooses, and the whole world will end when he returns. The unexpected guest is Jesus, and he will gather together all things in himself. His final triumph will come when the whole universe and each one of us are restored and renewed in him. And that's our backgrounder for this week. Kind of like an upbeat, depressing backgrounder. I feel like I'm ready to take a nap. You look like you are, but I'm going to ask you to pray and read the gospel passage oh, here. Oh, good. Okay. Use me. Gosh, I'm so sleepy. You know, I just had a coffee. Hang on, i got to rub my eye. Oh, my goodness. Okay. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise you, God, our Father, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for giving us our lives and for allowing us to be here today together to, to worship you, to read the scriptures. And we invite your Holy Spirit to come and be part of us and present with us here as we try to listen to the Spirit, to listen to your voice speaking to us, enlightening us, giving us wisdom and understanding. Lord, we pray that our words today would be your words, that we would be inspired and driven by them uh, to go out to serve you, to continue to love you, and to continue to do your will in the world. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Matthew 24, 37 to 44. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day that Noah entered the ark, they did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So it will be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one will be left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of the night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you, must, you also must be prepared, for in an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come.
One more time. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you also must be prepared, for in an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Leaping out at you with anything, Sam? Hmm. I got something. Go for it. So I was focusing on the word left, like the two people working. Yep. Two men working in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women grinding at the mill, one will be taken, one will be left. And the way Jesus talks about these two people, these two men and the, and the two women, is like, there's no, there's no difference between them. It's not like one has done something better than the other that he's pointing out, or one deserves to be taken, the other deserves to be left. So I was thinking about how being left, uh, there was like a, a whole series made, made about this theme, Left Behind. Um, Made, up, made by some, I think it was evangelical Christians, basically. The idea that God will just suddenly take up some of us, but not most of us, or not all of us, anyway. And I was remembering, because I was really bad at sports when I was younger, probably still am, <laughs> uh, I would be like one of the la last people, last guys picked for like oh, no. sports and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like left behind in that sense. However, in other areas, other things I was good at, I would get picked like first because I was good at that, whatever that is, right? So we tend to think of the way God chooses as signifying our worth. Um, and so the idea that like anyone's going to be left behind is like, left is really, really bothers me. Like who deserves to be left by God? Why would God leave some people behind kind of thing? Um, and, and what's strange about this passage is like Jesus doesn't say because one of them worked well and the other didn't. He often talks in terms of, Jesus does and the Bible does, about reward, rewarding those who do good and sometimes about punishing those who do bad. But this is not about rewards and punishments. This is just like one's taken, one's left. I don't know. So it's sort of, when something annoys me that I run into in the Bible, it's a sign to me that I've got to like, really got to reflect more deeply or ask, as in this case, ask someone else, what do you think was being left? And who deserves to be left? Kind of my question. 
Yeah. I mean, in Matthew 25, it gets into that. It's the next chapter. The next chapter. Yes. With um, the sheep and the goats. And that's based on rewards, right? It's, yes. Yeah. Well, no, it's the, the, the goats are, the goats are the ones who, you know, I was hungry and you did not give me anything right. to drink, anything to eat. I was thirsty and you did not give me anything to drink. I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was in prison and you did not visit me. Right. Even though they say, oh, we did visit you. All that. No, they, they say, are, they say, when did we, that, when did we not do all these things for you? Right. Because they didn't see him. And he, his, the response is basically, whatever you did for the least of my brothers or sisters, right. you did for me. But they're, that, that's, there's a word. They're, they're cast out and accursed, sort of like the ones he, that are left. But I'm going to say that in that parable or story, there is a reward structure, reward and punishment. Yep. The ones who are excluded are excluded because they didn't serve people in need. The ones who are taken in are... You're taken. saying this one is random. It seems random. Yeah. There's no difference between the two I don't people. think he's implying that it's random. Okay. I think I, when I read it, I assume that there is a reason the one was left and the one was taken. Fair enough. Even though we don't strictly believe in the rapture. Yeah, I'm not talking about the details of like physically of timing, how it takes place. Right. But um, it is true that not all of us, that's why it's a warning, right? Mm -hmm. Stay awake. Anyone caught sleeping, mm -hmm. allegorically or metaphorically. You were sleeping in sort of this little... Uh, Anyone caught sleeping, thing. metaphorically, yeah. spiritually, yeah, um, will be left. So right? during those couple well, minutes when your eyes were closed and, and you were asleep, I would have been saved and you would have been left behind because you were asleep. people come and break in, but it's right. not been literally sleeping. No, just spiritually. Spiritually sleeping, yeah. I think you were spiritually sleeping. No. All right. No, I wasn't. Just looked like it. So what spiritual sleep might be worth thinking about then? I'm, I'm being silly. Sorry, Sam. I'm kind of bugging you. You just yawned. I know. I'm so sleepy. Oh, my goodness. It's just the time of day. It is. It's 1.25. As we're recording. Okay. The sleepy time. The nap time. Stretch here. What you should do is open the window for fresh air. That's not a bad idea. And the sun because is out, too. There is sun. Where's Woo! <laughs> it burns. Um, Vampires, anyone? Gollum. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now we've got some natural light here, too. So, hey, I, I didn't get to share. Wait, we're not done with mine yet. No, okay, all right, fine. Go ahead. No, it's like, I, I was thinking it might be helpful to think about what is it to be spiritually asleep, which is what you were pointing to. Like, what's spiritual sleep look like? Yeah, I mean, it's spiritual, spiritually awake, spiritual preparedness are kind of like the... Yeah. Stay awake is the way he puts it. Like, well, but I think I was thinking about the, the parable of the ten virgins. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a similar story. Some were foolish, some were wise. The foolish ones didn't prepare, didn't bring enough oil, oil to keep yeah. their lamps lit the whole night. And the yeah. smart ones brought extra oil. And it's, again, it's a metaphor to being spiritually prepared for the coming of Jesus. And in that, that's another parable of an unexpected coming of Jesus. Yeah. Well, these are all unexpected. Right, right, right. right? Uh, that, that's what he's saying. He's saying that at the time, we don't know the date or the time or the hour. It will be unexpected. You know what I was thinking to about? catch all of us off, off guard. One of the stupid things that happens in education is that people study for tests. Which well, Why wouldn't you study for a test, right? Well, the reason you, it doesn't make any sense to train people to study for a test is because you're not testing what they actually know. You're testing the ability to prepare for a test. To memorize. Right. Yeah. Some people are good at that. You're I was kind of good memory, at that. Basically. Right. 
And the short-term memory, like just like drill yourself yep. and then like a week after the test, you've forgotten everything. Versus when someone knows something well, whether it's it's a skill or trade or an, an academic pursuit, whatever, if they just know the stuff, that's the kind of person you want around when you need someone who knows things, not someone who got a good grade on a test 10 years ago. Right. So spiritually, I guess the example would be like what we might call virtue, virtue meaning a habit of excellence. I like that term excellence, habit of excellence is a virtue. Um, a virtuous person has like their oil in their lamps, they're prepared. They're not, they're not like saying, I better prepare right now because I know tomorrow he's coming because because his arrival is unexpected. This actually happens in my work. I work in long-term care. And I, th I think for good reason, though it's not always done well, the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care randomly inspects long-term care facilities. The reason for random inspection is they don't want you to just, just like show them what you can show them when you've got like a week's notice. They're gonna come, let's clean everything up, let's get make sure we have all our routines done tight. They want They want to know what it's like when you're just like, an everyday day in your facility and how are the residents being treated? How are things going with the staff and all that, right? So random inspections are kind of like an example of what Jesus is talking about here. Makes sense? Yeah. So anyway, left is like, you're saying there is a, like a, a kind of moral difference between the two. There is like an, an implied distinction, which is like, it's not random. Being left means like you're kind of spiritually asleep. You're not actually prepared. Yeah, you're not left because he forgot you. Right. You're left because you're not ready. Right. Um, and it's the same thing about being awake. Right? Yeah. I think there's something great about, for me, about being accountable to other. I, I, I like being accountable to people. Like, for instance, when I preach or having a pastor, as we do here, or working with you, I'm accountable to you. So that... I like the idea that someone actually cares enough about me to pay attention to how I'm doing. I like it. It's motivating actually for me. And if you if you trust the one you're accountable to, if you trust if you know and trust Jesus, then you want to do your best for him. I don't know. So being left would be like I don't really care because I don't really care, but that's almost saying like your own life and you yourself aren't worth it. Okay, I'll stop there for now. What was your thing? Carried them all away. Ooh. Yeah, scary. Well, just, yeah, like so, most of our viewers and listeners will be familiar with the flood, the story of the great flood, which is common across most civilizations, I'd say. They all have a story of the flood. And um, the idea that the, the flood was, you know, Noah was given prior notice and asked to build an ark. God said, basically, I'm going to flood the world mm -hmm. as a, like a reset of humanity because of their evil and their sinful ways. And Noah was the one chosen to do that, presumably because he was faithful. And I think you implied this in your, you talked about this in your background or where, um, you know, he had been warning, right? Yep. He'd been warning the people, basically the flood is coming. The rains are coming. Uh, we need to get ready. And they had said, "Yeah, we're good. You know, we're we're okay. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You're crazy. All that stuff." Sure. And then one day the rain came and and carried them all away. And I was just thinking about being carried away. Um, just because it's a different image than sort of just being like complacent. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like um, like a, like being awake, right? It's just you get the impression it's like just sitting there, ready. You know, when you're awake. When you're awake. That's yeah. I don't think what he means, but that's kind of yeah, what I yeah. think of. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here. I'm awake, right? But there's actually forces in the world that are trying to carry us away. Right. Examples. Trying to, trying to draw us from um, from our state of preparedness or our state of awakeness. Yeah. Um, I wrote a, an Advent song a while ago that has a line about that. What's the line? Um, there are many voices calling us. What a lullaby they sing. And it, that's the only that's the mm. only part I'm thinking of because the lullaby, it's like actively, the voices are actively trying to get us to go to sleep. Right. Like trying to draw us, carry us away. Right. Yeah. Yep. Carried away into sleep, carried away in other focuses, yep. other things to look at, other things to sure. do, other things to pay attention to. Sort of like, oh, don't look over there. You know, like the, like the people at, in Noah's time, like, don't. Don't worry about that crazy guy over there and what he's doing. Building like, a boat. look at this nice food or whatever. Mm, <laughs> like, sure. All these other things, you know, they were um, eating and drinking, marrying and giving up in marriage, sort of just sure, like sure. living their lives, like living it up, right? Yeah. Until the flood came. Um, and they were just caught, they were caught by surprise. What strikes me is there's something, uh, I, I kind of imply this, like the really big question is, what's the point of it, it all? Like if it off the whole of your life and of the whole universe. What's the point? And if all you're focused on is your immediate desires, and they are real and they're important. For instance, being hungry is a good desire because we need to eat. That's where we get hungry, right? But if, if your life is just about eating or sex or drinking, if that's all there is, then you're kind of, I guess I would say that is selling ourselves short. That's, so I'm trying to think of a way of like, what is appealing about this picture? Because it can sound really harsh and it is really harsh actually. Like, why should all these people be carried away? Aren't they, doesn't God love them and care about them? The answer is, it's because he loves, I would say because he loves them and cares about them that he's saying like, you're more than just that. You are those things where we should never deny our basic humanity, which includes our physical needs and desires, mm-hmm. but we're not limited to that. And I think that's what, I think that's, I like the idea of it's like the sudden, like the random inspection. A random inspection is one you can't really prepare for in a special way. You just have to be like prepared all the time. Sounds right. tiring, kind of, kind of sounds tiring, but I actually think it's good. It's meant to test what you're actually like when no one's watching. Exactly. Right. 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 And it's like that in our. I think that's what preparedness means too. Yeah. You know, because we can we can think it get. We can get thinking of it, which is dangerous, you know, in a sense that it's the things that I do, mm-hmm. you know, like my, I don't know, like my record of attendance at mass. Sure, or, I was thinking that. Or whatever, right? Yeah, and yeah. when really, you know, it makes more sense that it's like being awake, being prepared is like a, a state that you should always try to be in, right? Like a disposition. Right. Like you said about a virtue, something that. Even, a habit of even when no one is watching, it's this, it's right. habitual. It's right. It's a, a habit of excellence. A habit of excellence. Yeah. I like sports and, and analogies because I, I like, I follow basketball and stuff. And uh, there's an actually an ancient Latin saying, I think it is. Repetition is the mother of 
virtue or the mother of zeal or the mother of learning? Repetition. Mm -hmm. But repetition for its own sake doesn't get you anywhere. Because if, if, if you're, I'm about to say the basketball thing, like, yeah, you can, you can like, if you're, if you take a lot of practice shots, but your practice shots are a very poor form, some will go in because some shots always go in kind of randomly as long as you're close to the basket. But, but good form when no one's looking and actually enjoying getting better at doing something really simple or basic, like shooting a free throw or a layup in basketball. Um, a good example for me is people, I think it's kind of overused now, but anyway, let's just say kindness, right? I hate the whole thing about like kindness is everything. Kindness is not everything. Be kind. Do you, are you sick of all this kindness stuff? Are you sick of it? I am. Why am I, why are you and I annoyed about how people talk about kindness? It's not a, di probably not a digression. It's not a digression? Okay. No, no, it's going to tie in. Why do you find that annoying? The whole kindness thing. Why is it annoying? I, I find it annoying because to me it implies um, basically just capitulating to everyone. That's why. Can you explain that? Um, to, okay, so being kind as if as if it's just about like making everyone feel good right 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 okay. it's it when the contrast to that is that love yes does not always make people feel good i like it okay yeah, we're saying it's important it's it's more mm -hmm. than making the person feel good obviously i like making people feel good it's actually part of my personality mm -hmm. as you know to make everybody feel good. Strength and a weakness. It's a like strength every, and a weakness. Every personality, not just I you. actually yeah. really, I really run from conflict because I don't like yeah. when people are angry. Yeah. And I love keeping people pleased and happy. Yeah. But the thing is, to really love someone sometimes, um, well, I wouldn't say sometimes, I would say all the time, it means also being radically honest. We've talked about person. that. Radical. About radical honesty. Radical honesty and radical hospitality. And that. Right. To love someone that way, mm -hmm. and it's real love, to love someone that way does not always mean that, it, it's not going to always come across as kind. I guess that's what I'm, it's almost like the, the whole be kind thing is just like, hide your true feelings and hide the truth right. if it means making people feel good about themselves or feel good. Because right. all you, if you're just focusing on make, make, making people feel good, I would say like and this. You'll, 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 right. so, you'll gloss over things that yeah, are, that yeah, are yeah. wrong. Just for the sake of making them feel good. So recently I had a, an awkward conversation with a, with a good friend. It was an awkward conversation, but it's because I care about this person. And I felt like they were not seeing something very important that they were doing, doing to themselves in this case. And I felt it was important to say, like, you need to pay attention to this because I don't think you are. I don't think you're aware that you're doing something that's not good for you. It was very awkward. And, and I can tell you, <laughs> I've been on the other end of this too in my life. It's like... My wife, for sure, and and sometimes other friends, probably like you. It's like, did you know what you sounded like when you spoke? Oh, I hear this one a lot from my wife. It's like, do you know what you just sounded like? Because I can sound very harsh. Because I, I'm like the opposite. It's like whatever personality. Likes thing making or, people uncomfortable. I love making people feel uncomfortable. Are you feeling uncomfortable yet? Anyway, <laughs> I also like making people happy for sure. But but I enjoy that aspect too much, and I'm also not always. I'm not always aware of it, right? I think that's, that's an important thing. In a friendship, we're not, we are often aware of things that our friends are not aware of. And I, I would say for sure, God knows things about you and he wants to bring them to your attention 
that are going to make you feel uncomfortable, that will not feel kind, that will feel like you're being left out. Why don't I get to be part of that? But it's actually, he's trying to get your attention for something. And I actually think, I, I talked about this when I was uh, preaching a month or so ago at Holy, here at Holy Family. It's like, there's something good about the, that part of ourself that is always maybe a little bit on edge or a little bit uneasy, or I use the word restless, that our hearts are restless because they're made for God. And that nothing on this earth, no one on this earth can satisfy who you're made for, except for God. So everything we do and strive for on this earth, and all the, even all the good, goodness, all the virtue, all the excellence, all the kindness even, in a good way, is going to fall short of making you truly happy. Something in you is like waiting for Jesus, like, I used the picture. If you look, get the background, you might see the picture. He's knocking on the door. I'm here. Uh, or as the, the old Terminator movie said, I'll be back. And one day he's back. Um, it's like all the titles, The Unexpected Guest. Right. Right. And um, like you said about the random checks. Mm -hmm. Random inspections. <laughs> if, if, um, if Jesus shows up and you're ready, it'll be a joyful time. Right. Right. Because you'll be ready. You'll be like, oh, I was, yeah, yeah. not that I was expecting you, but I knew you would come sometime and sure. I'm ready. Sure. I've, I've remained ready. Yeah. And on the other hand, if you're not ready, yep. you know, it will come with, um, with despair that you weren't. Okay. I'll say something to you. I'm going to ask you a question. I think the answer is maybe too strong. Well, I was going to say this. It's like, have you ever been in a situation, which I was kind of trying to allude to, but not, not, I didn't do it Shock. as directly. Where all of a sudden someone says something. Oh, you talked about this, I think, was it last week? When you talked about how a great saint like Albert the Great. Yeah, that was last Was both week. holy and wise. Yeah. And your little boy said, was, which one was it? Was yeah, it August. August. Uh, and how old was he? Eight. Um, no, ten. No. I don't know. Nine. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> I'm sure you're a great dad. You, you would be. <laughs> I don't know. Old. Come on. He's nine. Who do you can numbers? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, anyway. in he's in grade four. No, but it's like, you, it almost it almost made you feel bad. It did make me feel bad. It didn't almost make me feel bad. It made bad. me feel bad. It made me feel bad because I know what's going on in my own soul and life. So I would say. <laughs> and I don't feel holy. It, 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 and he was like, like you, dad? Well, like he was comparing me to St. Albert the Great. And I was like. I think that oh. how. That's how Jesus gets our attention in ordinary life. All of a sudden, you have an experience where someone says to you something, and it was intended, really, it was an ad, it was a, your, your son was admiring you as a father, right? And, yeah. and we know that. I know I'm a dad too. It's like sometimes when your kids are little and innocent, they admire you in a way that's like almost scary. It's like, oh no, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to be like that. They almost deify you. Right. But that can actually, in that moment at least, that is the voice of Jesus speaking through your son to your heart and sure. saying, I'm holding you to a higher standard. Right. I have entrusted this boy to you for a few more years. Live up to it. I don't know. Is that, am I being a little and too I harsh? I don't live up to it. Well, that's of course. Why that's why it was so sad for me to hear. <laughs> but do you think it was, a would you say that was, I would say that was, I'm proposing. Sure. That was like, that's how Jesus gets our attention unexpectedly. You weren't expecting him to say that, right? No. So does it leave you feel, feeling discouraged? Yeah. Oh, it's not good. Sorry. 
was hoping for Sorry. a happy ending. <laughs> no, it, it does. Yeah, not not discouraged, just convicted. That's the word I was in the back of my mind, actually, a couple of minutes ago. Convicted. Just the sense that I am, like you said, you have this, I have this responsibility and this is how they see me. Right. But I, I don't, I don't even come close to living up to their expectations. So that's like the radical <laughs> so, honesty turned back on yourself. Yeah. Through the voice of your son. Right. Turned back on you. Radical honesty. Sure. He's being honest with you. He expects that of you. Right. Right. Just like I did of my own dad before I knew all his flaws. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you're watching. <laughs> I hope you are. Uh, but but it's good though. I think that's why we need like I think there are all kinds of ways. Oh, I know the no, stupid I, one that I do. I, I like yeah. The I stupidest mean. thing I do every now and then is I pass people when they're driving too slow, when the roads are in bad shape. I'm better at that now than I used to be. I don't do it as much. I don't get it where you're going. Well, with people that. are really slow. Okay, here's the thing. I make a what stupid pass and I think, wait a minute, I just risked my life and their life so I could get to where I'm going like three minutes earlier. You actually don't get there any earlier. I know. It. Sure, I believe you. It's, I completely it's believe easy you. To study. And um, you can tell me, because like, I remember doing this years ago south of Con. No, south of Damascus, which is south of Con, but south of Damascus, near, getting near Arthur on the, on the county road. I passed someone and like my car kind of lost control for a while because it was like deep drifted snows. And I get to the next stop sign. Guess who's right behind me? The car that I just risked my life and I their did, life. I did that this week. I, the thing is, it, it does make sense if you're going like for seven hours on a highway with no stops. Does. Then you might gain like maybe many kilometers ahead of the person. Maybe. But around here, like for example, I was coming to, from Walkerton. Yeah. And I passed someone at a passing zone. Like it was a legal pass and it was fine. Mm. And I didn't risk anyone's life. And they were going really, like, they were going, like, 55 yeah. in an 80. Okay, sure. so, like, it, was, it wasn't hard to pass them. It wasn't a dangerous pass. But I got to Hanover, and I got at a stoplight, and they pulled right up behind me. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, this is the futility <laughs> it, it of, like... It gave me exactly oh zero advantage. <laughs> yeah. So, my, my point is, I get, I had, I still have, as you can tell, this memory from years ago of that particular pass. I remember where it was, south of Damascus, north of Hi Highway 9, heading into Arthur. So I was going south. I just remember, it, 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 was, a, it, was, an, it was a conviction. It was Jesus saying to me, this is your random inspection, Charles, because you just risk people's lives, including your own. My family was in the car with me. And, and you gained literally no, nothing. Nothing, from it. nothing. Yeah, it, it was not worth the risk at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So these... these and, are... and really, like, the problem is sitting there behind someone is just annoying. It's right. It's not like... It's... Well, it's not that, that big a deal. It's just... No. You, for me, it's like, ah, wish I wasn't behind the slow person. So your son's voice, an experience of, like, an inner conviction and the voices of people, my family were in the car with me, are like... Those are how, like, this unexpected guest, Jesus, shows up and and... I, I almost feel like he's saying you're better than that to me in those situations. You're better than that. I've made you for more. And I think that can be discouraging as it was a bit for you when you heard your son, because you like, and I, I, I like, I still, I'm much better than I used to be, mind you, but like, I still, whenever I, if I do anything like that, which I really try not to stupid passes that risk people's lives. It's discouraging because you like, do you almost feel like you couldn't live up to your son's ex expectations? Yes. 
How many times are you going to make me say it? No, I'm taking out the almost. We're all like that. My point is we're all like that. If, so if you're listening or watching and you feel like, I could never live up to Jesus' expectations of you, the answer is, you're right. You couldn't. So how do we keep going, Sam? How do we keep going when we can't live up to his expectations? He's going to show up and say, are you ready? And we're going to say, uh, at best. Give the people some hope. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. You got right. something. Yep. I, yep. Oh, good, um, good. I'm waiting. <laughs> give the people some hope, Sam. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'll say something that I think I said to you when we were talking about salvation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the assurance of salvation. Right. How you can, whether or not you can know that you're going to be in heaven. In heaven. Sure. Okay. And there's varying, among Christians, there's varying views on this, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but I, th and I th think something that I said was, I actually don't have confidence in my own ability to get to heaven. Right. Because were it up to me, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't make it, right? Um, I have confidence in Jesus. Yeah. And more, more than just confidence in Jesus, I have confidence in his mercy. Yeah. In God's mercy for me. Because his mercy went to the end for me, mm -hmm. right? On the cross, drained every last drop of his blood, shed, yep. for, shed for that purpose. Right. For mercy. For the unworthy. For the unworthy, right? Yeah. God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. And that's the hopeful part. The hopeful part is that um, none of this is to imply that you should be confident mm -hmm in your own ability, for instance, to stay awake yeah. or to be the one at the mill that's taken mm -hmm. or even to, to read the signs of the times and not be carried away by the, the lullabies of the world. Right. Right. But we do have confidence in Jesus that he, he's, he's knocking on the door and he's coming to visit us when we least expect, yeah. but not to test us because he wants us to join him because he wants us to, he wants to show us his love. It's not, he's not like, um, like the school board official coming and checking in on or whatever, or the long-term care, long -term care school board, people yeah. that come in and, and check on you so that he can penalize you for not, mm -hmm. right? It's out of love and it's so that he can show us his mercy. He delights to show us mercy. Um, that's what I'll say. That's the hopeful part. Yeah. You know, um, again, he's not like, you know, peeking in your windows trying to. See if you're living the way you should be out of spite or out of a desire to like punish us. Mm -hmm. That's not him. And and we we are tempted to think of him that way. Yes. Right? And and you might read something like this, read that into something like this too. That's not him. So his radical honesty which pops up in moments of inner conviction or through the voice of an innocent your son, an innocent person, gets our attention and it feels bad, it even feels discouraging. But it can lead to us saying, okay, well, actually, I should be a better person. And with God, well, <coughs> pardon me, with God's help, I can be. Actually, you can be. Yeah, sure. But like, I, I guess what I was going to say is, why does he want us to behave a certain way? Or why does right. he want us to, to be holy and not sinful or not, not sure. full of vice? Um, it's not for his own sake. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. Right? He's already... Got everything he needs. Yeah. It's actually for us. It's because of his love that he wants that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like this punitive, 
right. judgmental approach to our fallen nature and our, and our sinfulness and our sleepiness, <laughs> you know. But it, nor, nor is it just he's always kind all the time in the sense of wanting us to feel good. Right. Because us feeling good is not us at our best. No. And that's like back to what we're saying about kindness. Yeah. Right. That's why it's not kindness, it's love. They're two different things. Yeah. Love doesn't always look like kindness. It's a lot more and a lot weightier. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like there's a weight to it because it's not like to someone trying to make you feel good. It's more costly. It's not cheap. Kindness can be cheap. Yeah. Right? And love can't. Love is love comes with a, with a cost. It's expensive. Infinite. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you, Sam. I feel like you answered my life questions in this one episode. Hey. Sometimes Good. you do. This will be the last Thursday Night Appetizer ever. <laughs> because once you watch this one. I didn't say their life questions. I said my life you questions. You basically got it. That's oh, it. Maybe. I we don't, don't know. need to go. We don't need to talk anymore. We've, we've conquered. We have actually solved everything missing in the Summa. Of St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, of St. Thomas Aquinas. Ooh, maybe. So I'm pretty sure we can retire now. And uh, no. Actually, we should give thanks, which is what I will do at this moment. <laughs> okay. Instead. <laughs> Sure. Next week, I know because we're already preparing next week, is going to be about repentance. So it's going to be a good follow uh, on this week. All right. Let us pray in thanksgiving for this time we spent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, Almighty Father, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, who is in your word and inspires your word in the Bible, and also comes into our hearts as we, as we share, as we talk, as we listen. Please, um, we praise you and thank you uh, for all those who will, who will be paying attention to your word this week and heeding this incredible call to be awake, to be prepared for the unexpected arrival of Jesus, your son. Jesus, when you show up, you show up with judgment, accountability, and honesty, but we also know that you have come with, with great sacrifice of yourself, your whole self and love and mercy for each and every one of us. And we praise and thank you, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's this week. And you're awake, which is good. Thanks for being here with us, everybody. It was a blast. Remember to stay awake. See you later. See you See later. later. It's my 3D effect. 3D. Oh, that is not the mouse. Uh-oh. We're back in Sam's old office.